0: I want to welcome you guys to our Bob r Bob. This is Riddick's Book of Philosophy. My name's Philip Riddick and this is where I talk about what I want to talk about, the way I want to talk about it. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends, family and loved ones to come in and enjoy my whimsical way of saying things, doing things and thinking about things.
1: Please hold for a very important message.
0: Hey everybody, sooner or later you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to take a plane, a hotel, or rent a car, or something, either because you want to go on a vacation, something that you were waiting for, or really wanted to do, or sometimes we have some unfortunate circumstances in our families where we have to travel involuntarily. Either way or the other, if you need to travel, you want to save some money. I am an independent TSA travel savings ambassador for iBoomerang. And I can save you 30 to 70% on your travel. If you send me your first and last name to the following email address, dcboomgetaways at gmail.com. Once again, dcboom, B-U-U-M, getaways at gmail.com. I can send you an absolutely free website, yours personally, that you can use whenever you want, and it will save you money. It can save your money whenever you are going away. You might be going away now. You might be going away in the future. This website is yours forever. So once again, if you want to save money traveling 30 to 70%, shoot your first and last name to me at dcboom, B-U-U-M, getaways at gmail.com. Welcome to R-Bob, folks. My name's Philip Riddick. I am the R in the R-Bob, guys. I'm the hostess with the mostess. <laughs> I love that air horn. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, folks. The reason we are here is, one, this is the, like I said earlier, this is the first episode of my second season, all right? And I got a celebrity. This person's a celebrity. Got an IMDb page. You know you're a celebrity if you got IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one of those yet. I'll get there one day. All right. Anyway, this person is, uh, one, she's very attractive. Two, she is a uh, uh, XM radio uh, radio personality. All right. She also is the founder of Howl and Roar Records out of Canada. And y'all put your hands together for Allison Dor, Please do. Please do. Ooh. All right. How did I do with the intro? It
1: was great. No, oh shit! I mean, listen. The word "celebrity," because I'm so low level. Like I'm technically a public person, but at the same time, there's two things on that IMDb page. You know what I mean?
0: I know, but you got. One. Look, <laughs> if you're low level, you're still high enough so I can't see your butt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm nothing if you're low. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much. How how's your day been? you know what well, actually it's 2021 started off really great for me and then today has been a a bit of a nightmare uh okay. but but you know what ending on a high note nice what's right. the high note i'm here talking to you i'm so glad you said
0: that all right all right <laughs> uh jamel uh you know jamel he said what up allison he's speaking all right. Well, uh, well
1: Jamel, that's the no reason why we're connected.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those that don't know, uh, Jamel Thomas invited me on Shameless Plug, the I Often Wonder podcast. There you go, Jamel. That's for you. it's a freebie. <laughs> the I Often Wonder podcast. And both myself and Allison uh, were guests. And we had another person, but they had technical difficulties. <laughs> but that was, uh, uh, wasn't that Halloween or was that? Yeah. yeah, that was a Halloween show. Halloween episode. And that's when I first met Allison. And after we talked, we had a, a opportunity to come on and talk again. That's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love the, your energy, right? Oh. That's cool. and, and, uh, and so when you were like, you asked me if I'd come on, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I love talking. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so it's not that hard to get me to come on, but also, yeah, I just, we had so much fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Hey, you could. Can- you can come on any time. Bring friends. shit. <laughs> all right. We're going to get into some of these questions. All right. Uh, we already talked about the formalities as far as you know the record label, which you can talk and talk about all you want to and uh, your celebrity that you downplay so much. <laughs> Who is Alison Doerr? Where are you from? What's your background?
1: I am from Ottawa, which is the capital city of Canada. It, okay. uh, you know, uh, it's pretty boring. Um, It's a a very picturesque place, though. And so I grew up there with my brother and my mom and dad. Okay. And, um, you know, always wanted to be a performer. Okay. (laughs) I was a little kid, and I always thought I would be an actor. Hmm. And my joke is always, because when I was a teenager, I was positive that by the time I was 30, I would be an A-list celebrity in Hollywood. Who didn't? <laughs> uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, I'm not. Um, but uh, it's, it, uh, I started out acting, and my brother actually got into comedy first. Okay. Yep. And he was the one that kept just pushing me to do it. And I mm. didn't think, I, was, I I always said, like, I'm not funny like that. And he was like, no, there's only one kind of funny. Like, you're either funny or you're not. And and it, after about three years, I finally decided to try it. Hmm. Uh, and then I've been trapped ever since.
0: How did you start though? Let's say me, a person <laughs> with a lot of energy, according to Alison Doerr, how <laughs> would I get into comedy if I wanted to start?
1: Honestly, you just find an open mic near you and you just <laughs> take a day and go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And so when I did it, so back, back then in Ottawa, there was really only one place and now was a club in the city and when you first started you were allowed to call in there was a call-in day for Mm. spots on the open mic and when you were brand new you were only allowed one spot a month okay and so eventually i just called in and got a date and i was like hey i'm doing it this day and i tried to write jokes but obviously in the beginning you don't know how to write jokes Right, It's a a weird thing. And if you do, wow, you're lucky. You're steps ahead. Um, And I ended up the day of basically changing my mind about everything I was going to talk about. And (laughs) I went to a diner with my best friend and just was like, is this anything? And and then that night went up on stage and said it.
0: So you didn't practice it or you just laid it on your friend and then just went cold?
1: Yeah, I didn't practice it. Oh, shit. (laughs) hard to like and even when you practice it in front of one person or even by yourself like it it, it can it, especially when you've never done it before it
0: yeah you got none gauge. It,
1: yeah it's nothing you don't know what what's happening and so that night when i got there i was so terrified okay um and my brother's girlfriend at the time uh who was also she is a, still a comedian um mm-hmm. I said to her, I go, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. It's too scary. And she had to hold my hand and walk me up to the stage because I was wow. like, I don't want to go. And then it went okay. And and I think if it hadn't gone okay that first time, uh, th- it, that would have been it.
0: Okay. So that would have broke your spirit. If you would have bombed, <laughs> you would have said bump it.
1: Because I'll tell you this bombing feels so bad and <laughs> you eventually get used to it and you and you do get to the point where it kind of rolls off and you go oh that was a bad show Ooh. um but in the beginning it hurts so bad and well wow. if I had bombed that night I don't think I ever would have gone back
0: well I'm, I'm glad you kicked it in its ass because I'm glad to see it <laughs> I'm glad you kicked it in yeah. ass.
1: And without comedy, I don't know where my road would have gone. You know what I mean? I don't know if everything that I do now, I can kind of trace the roots to the experiences and the things I learned in stand-up in a lot of ways. So, yeah, lucky for all of us.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Family. Next question, family. You (laughs) talked about uh, uh, parents, brother. Uh, What about you, spouse, kids, pets, dogs, what?
1: uh no spouse uh chili the corgi is my beloved dog and my constant companion
2: all right
1: and i'll often say when i'm talking about my life i'll be like oh we went here or we went there and will <laughs> be like are you da- when did you start dating someone and i'm like no chili like when i say we it's always me and my dog it's wow. never anyone else um, it's just the two
0: of us against the world. Against the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We talked about what you do for a living, so we kind of jumped ahead on that one. But mm-hmm. mm, how can I spin the question? We talked about what you do. We kind of talked about how you started. Mm-hmm. What prompted it? What, was it just a gut thing, I'm going to be a comedian or... Did, no, were, did, did you follow it, someone's footsteps or what?
1: It, it was honestly my brother's encouragement. Like I've okay. always loved comedy and comedy. and now, like once I became a comedian, it was so obvious to see what my influences were and, and the comedians, because our dad always watched a lot of comedy and would okay. show up a lot of stuff. And, and um so I grew up, there's a show called SCTV, and it was in Canada, but it was like insanely popular. And that's what gave us Eugene Levy, Martin Short, John Candy. Yeah, I
0: remember SCTV. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, it, I mean, it was a bit before my time, but my dad had like all these VHS tapes.
0: With, um, but, uh, young people that is a square plastic thing that you put into a machine and mm-hmm. it runs a tape but you could still watch it we don't want to alienate anybody you were yeah,
1: saying right. we're, we're on the internets right now and the kids might not know um and so I, I watched so much of that we had we had a tape of bill cosby himself the stand-up huh. we had um you know also like i remember watching a lot of comedy that I was way too young for, okay. But, but either our parents like let it go. Or like once I'm, I was about seven when my babysitter showed me Eddie Murphy delirious. <laughs>
0: I'm just funny. I, you say that me and my brother, my parents had a raggedy ass freaking record player. Well, I'm talking about, you know, 45, 30, young people <laughs> records <laughs> are these flat vinyl discs <laughs> that you can record on and listen to with a needle look in the smithsonian you'll see one anyway <laughs> we used to listen to red fox and uh richard Pryor. Uh, mm-hmm. i thought we were young and we turned it down so low <laughs> because yeah. they were <laughs> cussing hey boy and uh so i know exactly what you're saying but anyway back to your mm-hmm. point
1: well so i mean now i can kind of see how all of the the imprint was there for me to do it but i i never thought i always thought i would be like a serious actor and um and and then once i started doing comedy like it's comedy is a drug right and okay. it's also like the mafia it's like once you're really in you can never leave really? um, oh it's so hard your identity gets wrapped up in it and like now i actually quit performing a couple of years ago and um part of that is how the record label got born because it's it's after 17 years of doing stand up if i'm not a comedian i don't know who i am anymore
0: that makes sense
1: and so it was one of those things where it's like i have to i have to be in the community like this is this is how i identify this right. who and um and then a whole bunch of other things kind of all fell together and one day i was like oh i, I think i'm starting a comedy record label and then i did uh so it's it becomes part of your DNA almost
0: I can understand that
1: if you're in it long enough you know and um and so you know and and the other thing is you have control as a comedian okay or especially if you live in a big city all right during non-pandemic times
0: (laughs) back when the air wouldn't kill you
1: yes you could, any night of the week, you could find an open mic, you can go up, you control what you're going to say, you control how you're going to say it, you control, whereas as an actor, it's like you're dependent on so many other people and so many things. Oh, it's,
0: you got to awesome. read the script,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a million things. Yeah. So stand-up started taking over more and more of my performance life because it it's just accessible. It's there all mm. the time.
0: Nice, nice.
1: And, yeah, and then it just gets... It gets in your blood and you're like, this is what I do now.
0: Well, I mean, I, I can relate, same thing, but different 23 years military. So oh. now that I'm retired, you're I never- still think the same way, man. Y'all civilians make me sick, <laughs> but you know, you think a certain way yeah. and I could see doing 17 years of the same thing, being a comedian, same thing. You know, you there's a certain way of doing things, seeing things, outlook yes. and, the, and the community. And yeah. I can see that. I can yeah. see that.
1: It is. I mean, obviously, very different roles, but very similar. I yeah, yeah. because yeah. you never lose that military mindset, right? You never, never, never. And that walk.
0: Yeah. Now, social media. Social media. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your time to shine. You can put it out there. Anything that you want to plug: YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, books, records, people. This is your time to
1: shine. What you got? Okay, I love it. Let's start with the record label. So Howl and Roar is uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. It's uh, at Howl underscore Roar. And so we're a comedy record label. We're female-centric, which means that 70% of our focus is on women in the industry. Mm -hmm. In the remaining 30%, priority is given to uh, men in the LGBTQ plus community or men of color. Uh, because what I always tell people is like, essentially every other record label is for straight white dudes. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And so it's not that I'm, you know, adverse to um, working with them. It's just that uh, they have so many places to go. And so our focus is about the other voices, because even it's challenging for me, even. And if you go online and you Google comedy or whatever, like the first hundred names half the time are are going to be yeah. white men yeah. straight white men. And it listen, great comics in that group.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but so our goal is just amplifying other voices because right. a lot of the times people go, you know, I've, Oh, I've seen some comedy and I didn't like it or it wasn't for me. And there is some type of comedy for everyone. And yeah. so this is just about letting people know what is out there. And, and also the, you know, you know this, Phil, as someone who loves interviewing and conversation, is that when you get to hear from other people, you get this... It expands your vision of the world. As,
0: right? as long as your mind's not closed,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. And that's... Listen, you go up against that a lot of the time when you get on stage with a microphone. Yeah. But you also... um you you win some people over and you find your place. And that's why there's been a real movement in the last few years, um, to create different kinds of comedy venues and different kinds of shows. Okay. And a lot of comics rail against this, that they, cause it's safe space comedy and they're like, it's not supposed to be safe. And what they don't understand is the safe space is not for the comedian. It's for the audience.
0: audience. Exactly. I was going to ask this question. It, It came to my mind. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, when it comes to how to word it, how to word it, uh, the way everybody's feelings are hurt nowadays, all this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the politically correct blah, blah blah, which has nothing to do with comedy. Comedy should be freaking totally unleashed. You could talk about everything from a person's eyeball to their butthole, and yeah. it's either going to be funny or it's not.
2: Talk about butthole a lot.
0: But have you? Uh, uh, I did see that thing. Uh, I looked you up. Obviously, I did, and you did a. a, 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 a a up thing on your thong it was hilarious <laughs> about the thong but that, anyway
1: that happened in the moment because when i was recording i was like oh this is a nightmare it was right up there anyway,
0: <laughs> anyway. but have you uh, uh been in areas or you know i don't know how canada's broken up you know in the united states you got the yeehaw people and then you got the gangbangers up north you know
1: we but- got people yep yeah.
0: Do you got places where there's so there's so much of a stigma or the, uh, you got sticks up their asses so far that you got to be careful about what you say? Do you run into that any?
1: So, look, it's not so much that you have to be careful what you say, but okay. there are absolutely places where if you're a woman or a comic of color. Right. Y- you have to be a little bit more careful and you also have to go in with a bit of a thicker skin.
0: Oh that, well, even in America, look, I can't just drop a nigga joke anywhere. Yeah, I said it.
1: You just can't do
0: that in some yep. places. And then you know, it's like a a, a a black a black guy can tell the nigga joke. A Jewish guy talks about Jews. You know, that's safe space. Now, when you get a black guy talking, telling a Jew joke, now you know you, sure. you know that type of thing. You run into that.
1: Um, I mean, I don't personally run into that because it's not it, in my comedy is. Storytelling mostly and personal experiences, right? Okay, right. Um, do there are, but there are absolutely those comics. I don't know, but the thing is, what comics never think about it about like, well, when I go to this place, they don't like that. Like, you'll tailor your set a little bit to kind of what the audience reaction is, right? But the people who kind of tell do that kind of comedy do it regardless, yeah, right. So it's yeah. like, they're like, it, it's either going to work or it's not most of the time. And so there is some level of adjustment. Like sometimes right. if you're watching the comic ahead of you. You're like, oh, this audience, you know, doesn't love swearing. Maybe okay. I'm going to calm it down a bit or this audience. But it, it, you don't ever completely change your act and go. Well, well you
0: can't. You'd be screwed. You can't change yeah. everything.
1: And you can't change everything. So I don't know that there's ever been places that you kind of go, um, well, I can't say this here because mm. I think if you ha- if you have that thought, it's something that you're probably then not going to say anywhere, right? Yeah, the-
0: you're struggling. Yeah, you're struggling with the the uh, uh, the subject matter as
1: opposed to the funny. Yes, and so okay. you the goal is, and and what ends up happening is as you work out a joke, you're finding the way to say it that appeals to the most people. Gotcha. Right, because gotcha. the bottom line is, as a comedian, if if most of the audience is on your side, then forget the people who aren't.
2: Yeah, you're good. <laughs>
1: you're yeah, good. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's it's only when you get into like really, you know, edgy subjects right. that it's you better have written a well crafted joke.
2: Yeah, or, or be you, able to,
1: or yeah, the be audience, able to... Yeah, the audience will turn on you.
2: Gotcha.
1: Um. And, and also it's, it's one of those things where yes, people right now do get offended a lot or, or I don't know if it's a lot or they just feel more comfortable voicing it now. And so the trick is, if you're going to say that joke, you better really believe in it and be able to stand your ground, but be able to
0: back it up with some more funny.
1: Yeah. And and the the worst, it's like, if you don't really believe in that joke, then yeah. just drop it. Why did you say it in the first place? Because you have to you. stand, stand your ground as a comedian. Now, that's not to say that if you, you know, do say the wrong thing, or you, you go too far, that you shouldn't apologize. Okay. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, you have to...
0: I would think it. you'd be able to joke it off. You know, if you yeah. get that no reaction then you just yeah. kind of joke it off and move on.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the best way to do it.
0: I would think you could. Now you talk about a record label. Yes. What else you got? Instant Facebook, Facebook, what else?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, the, record- oh, I'm, I'm going to bring you
0: back on subject. Trust me.
1: <laughs> Cause I will drip. Uh, I, the, the record label also is howlinwarrrecords.com. And so mm-hmm. all our albums are there and, uh, and I hope people will check them out. And actually, one of our albums, just won The Intero Bang is a comedy website in the U.S. is a huge resource for all things comedy. And for the last seven years, they've done their comedy awards where uh, people vote for okay. the best of the year. And Bonnie McFarland's album that we produced, uh, one album of the year for 2020. Oh shit! Hey, That's together <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, So that album is called Bird Calls By Bonnie McCarlin So I highly recommend that one Uh, And then in terms of socials Like I'm real hit or miss Um, I go through uh, Like I binge tweet So it's like sometimes I'll go through a phase Where I'm tweeting all the time And then I won't tweet for a week
0: I've never Um, tweeted I've never had a Twitter I'm (laughs) gonna get one now We talked about why But we won't talk about it now
1: Well, yeah, I mean, but also, it's a double. Up. Like, Twitter is a blessing and a curse because sometimes it's the funniest, best place on the internet, and sometimes you're like, I hate this place, I want to burn it down. Yeah. Uh, so it's you just gotta be careful with it. <laughs> um, but so you can find me on Twitter at Allison Door A L L I S O N D O R E, and you can find me on Instagram at Allison.door. And it's uh, well, I mean, it's a real hodgepodge of crap.
0: You I know? got you, everybody listening. All of those links are either if you're on YouTube, it's going to be in the description box, and if you're on the uh, uh, the podcast, it's going to be in the show notes, so you can get those uh those handles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Easy uh, money. Social, and then I mean, those are my big places for social media: is Twitter and Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time.
0: Nice, nice. All right. Well, look, all of that was just the intro we haven't even talked about the subject yet they did some shit see i did the same thing to uh, uh, uh my last guest I'm not gonna call his name and he started talking blah blah, blah blah. and i said all right now we're gonna take a break i'm gonna do my instagram thing and then i mean my uh, instacart thing and then we're gonna talk about the subject he's like oh man we ain't talking about the subject yet no we're no, not we gotta, we'll it yet. but everybody i'm getting ready to get the bills paid i gotta do my ad real quick fast and i will be back with allison door you guys hold on to your butts we will be right back I would like to talk to you about Instacart. What if I told you that you could have local fresh groceries delivered to your front door? You can have multiple deliveries for one small monthly fee, unlike some other apps or services that want to nickel and dime you all the time. If you don't have that special item that you need to make a special recipe, Instacart in some cases can get that to your house in as fast as one hour. Hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences, Instacart highlights deals that can help save you money. You can find everything you normally buy, and they also suggest things that may be new to you. They pick the freshest produce and also (laughs) keep your eggs safe, too. Follow the link in the show notes that lets Instacart know that I sent you. That will not only help the show, but it will also, in this case, give you free delivery on your first, I say again, first order over $35. Instacart, never go out to go grocery shopping again. We are back. We are back. I am with Allison Doerr, and she just showed our guest guest, Grogu. Grogu's here, guys. Huh?
1: I said, Grogu's here, guys.
0: Grogu's here, guys. For those of you that is not Baby Yoda, although he will answer to that, his name is Grogu.
1: (laughs) I put him back behind the wall because I thought he'd be too distracting in the background.
0: Oh no, this is, look, we're family here. If we're not cussing, we're learning how to cuss. Anyway, mm -mm. all right, here is the subject. I brought in Allison because she is a comedian and what I really want to talk to her about is what wasn't funny in 2020? 2020 fucking sucked. (laughs) 2020 was terrible. What was not funny in 2020?
1: You know, a shorter list is what was funny in 2020? because almost nothing (laughs) almost nothing nothing. what a heartbreaker of a year I know on every level like there was no level that didn't suck uh, I agree and and I'm very I have COVID privilege right what is that what's COVID privilege (laughs) it's the new new thing that's going around it's essentially like I have worked this whole time My, my job transitioned me so I host um A daily talk show on SiriusXM, and I also uh, do a weekly show for the uh, one of the comedy channels. And they immediately transitioned us to working from home. I broadcast from this very spot every day, and so money has not been an additional worry to every other nightmare on the landscape of 2020 for me.
0: And that's a blessing.
1: It's a huge blessing, right? And that there's been so many things that that I have felt lucky for in amidst you know trying to deal with all these things. So essentially, it's like COVID privilege means there. It's I'm not affected the same way so many other people are, right? So many people that lost their jobs. So many people that have to go to work in a store and kind of put themselves on the line and then have people come in and yell at them about masks and, you know, (laughs) grocery
0: store people are risking it. You know what I'm saying? They're risking it. That sucked in 2020. But anyway.
1: Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's, it's the year was incredibly challenging for all of us, but less challenging for me on, in some areas, Mm -hmm. which I feel really, really lucky about. But it's like, when you think about it too, so January started off the wildfires in Australia, and yeah. it was like, "Oh man, great! The whole world is burning to the ground," and global warming or whatever. And then we quickly transition into, "Oh, global pandemic! This is a nightmare." And then, and then George Floyd, <sighs> and then the resurgence of you know white supremacy coming out into the surface. In 2020, I couldn't believe it. You know, right? And then anti-Semitism is back. And it's like all this stuff is coming to the forefront, which in a way is good. It because
0: is because, well, here is, and I agree with you why it's good. Because us black folks, are always we're already looking for it. <laughs> now we don't even have to look. It's just there now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Not everywhere, but the hot spots it's just you don't even have to hide from white supremacy anymore you look like, that's one that's one yeah. shot, you know you yeah you're right
1: well and i you know last year i remember getting into an argument with a guy on air because he was like oh i don't really think racism is a big issue or white supremacy exists anymore and i was like what what are you talking about <laughs> and and so people like that who hadn't experienced it hadn't seen it therefore didn't believe it existed now right. they, they, You cannot not know about it now.
0: But you got people that still deny it. They're still
1: denying it. They killing me. But but we can't get to those people. Mm. Yeah. If if the majority is not acknowledging.
0: Oh yeah. Some people you're just never gonna reach. No. Out of the chat, you got uh, Ma says Kobe. Oh, Kobe Kobe Bryant. And then Kent uh, he says, uh, uh, "I'm sorry, I'm talking. Trying not to ignore the chat too." uh daddy dutch kent says um his daughter started working at a local grocery store 15 months ago he worries him a lot too so yeah of course yeah.
1: of course <sighs> and, and she, i guarantee she's not getting paid enough and, oh nobody is <laughs> and people, angry people or people that are unhappy seem to and i've worked every job in the world hmm. and angry and unhappy people seem to think that yeah if you work in that grocery store if you work in a restaurant, if you whatever service industry you're in,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're allowed to take out their aggression on you uh, because you're in a position where if you don't want to get fired, you got to just stand there and take it. And that's the worst.
0: I'll tell you the worst I felt for a person. I'm sorry, I travel a lot. I, I work in the Middle East. I'm, yeah, I travel a whole lot. But anyway, when you lose a bag <laughs> in the airport. The unfortunate so-and-so that has to fill out the thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you describe your bag? It was a black bag. Well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but then they get berated because a person's been flying for anywhere from two to 12 hours. They're tired. You know, they're uncomfortable. But they feel like it's okay to chew this person out who didn't have shit to do with the bag in the first place.
1: And is they're, literally trying to do what they can. Yeah. They're not getting enough support from the people above them. No. They're not getting. And so they're literally like, I am doing everything I can do.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah. can't make your bag appear.
0: That person, did. they didn't load the bag. They didn't tag what? the bag. They didn't unload the bag. They were just standing there. And I felt so bad for this one lady. Older, not older. Well, she was older at the time. And after this lady was... And this lady just had this look like... I'm just done with humanity. She had that yep. look on her face and I'm next. <laughs> and as soon as that lady, walked, hell, I wanted to whip her ass just because she was treating the other lady like crap. Yeah. And I walked up and I said, I'm sorry. How's your day been? You didn't deserve that. And she just like, though, she was like, oh, thank you, God. There's a human being here. Someone with <laughs> compassion, right? And I was as nice as I could be. And she didn't have nothing to do with my bag, blah, blah, blah. I thanked her. And I think she perked up. And I, I hopefully that helped the rest of her day. But I dislike, I don't want to say hate. I dislike people that forget that they're not better than other people. I freaking hate it. I hate it.
1: Listen, we are on the same page. Yeah. Like it's um, And I, uh, you know what I think? If everyone had to work certain jobs growing up and and to learn that, because some people never have, and they don't know how hard it is. True. The other thing is, yeah, some so many people operate in this world that their self-esteem comes from thinking they're better than other people. Yeah. And so in situations, they will make other people feel bad. And it yeah. makes me insane. Makes me insane. And there's... Yeah. Even more of that this year, and so that gentleman that was talking about his daughter, she's not only dealing with just the average everyday assholes that come in and do it all the damn time, Right now she's dealing with every person who's mad at the government, every person who has bought into the idea, like, this isn't a real thing, every person who thinks that putting a mask on is somehow infringing on their freedom, Yeah. Um, and she has to deal with the brunt of all of that and do her job and not get fired and yep. worry that she might get exposed. And like, it's
0: yeah. it, you all that shit. And you still got to make sure you give them correct change. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's bull crap. Yeah. But anyway, all right. 2020, mm-hmm. what major obstacles did you have to overcome? Funny or not funny? Anything major did you have to overcome in 2020?
1: You know what, for me, and I talk about this a lot, um, mental health, which is is pretty good for me now, but historically speaking, not good at all. So hmm. I, I have lifelong clinical depression and generalized anxiety disorder. Okay. And you know what, like I'm in a pretty steady flow um, over the past few years, but depression is, you know, that fun thing that can kind of uh, rear up out of nowhere and things like that. But the, the more sort of stress that comes into it. Um, and then obviously, especially in the beginning of 2020, when we didn't know what this was, Mm. we didn't know how we were going to deal with it. And, um, isolating, you know, I live alone and, um, chili saved my brain in a million different ways. Mm. dogs are, well, pets in general are incredible that way. Um, so, you know, one of my biggest obstacles this year has really been, um, struggling with that same demon,
2: um,
1: because it's, it, it it was very challenging for me, Mm. um, in that sense. And, and I felt, uh, more unsteady than I had in a very long time. Oh, I'm sorry. And but that's you know what thank you but also that's okay right it's depression is and mental illness is sort of can can be or form in my experience is sort of like a wave you ride right Mm, okay and when you first experience it and you're first dealing with it it's the wave is crashing over you and you you feel like you're going to drown and you're trying to claw to the surface and. The more you live with that experience, the more you kind of go through it. You learn how to ride the way
0: you learn how to ride the wave. Now, I don't know if I have it. You get that. It happens to me on planes sometimes, you know, chest gets kind of tight and, yeah. you you know, you start feeling uneasy because I'm like, you know, it happens. All right. Something it's just weird to me sometimes. Heart starts being a little bit fast and I just, you know, grab some scotch and breathe through it. Now, I don't know if it's that easy for anybody else. You know, my wife, uh, every now and then she complains. oh, I pulled over, I drank some water, had to calm down, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if that's anxiety. Well, for me, is that anxiety, or do I just get to altitude and my feet swell and I want some scotch? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's it's never been an issue for me. It's just like, oh, I'm getting that funky feeling again. It's going to last for about 10 minutes. Can I get some scotch? And then I'm done with it, you know. Uh, I think part of it might be how people react to it. I've been into so many uncomfortable, crazy, and dangerous situations in the past life. (laughs) You know, um, I've been to war four times. If I can't handle a little bit of anxiety, there's something wrong with me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, so people look at it differently.
1: Well, I, and I think you have a different constitution, right? Like, and, and because yes, people I can't go to war, not just because it's,
2: will kill you (laughs) but
1: but because i am not my mental makeup i would not survive it right all right and so so that's the other thing is that people are all wired differently this is true and so your brain works in a way that um the anxiety you experience and it's all on a spectrum and you're Mm. probably on the lower end of the spectrum you Deal with it better. And that's going to be a combination of how your brain works and how you were raised and the experiences you've had in life. And so there's something about the way your brain is wired that Mm. you have that kind of a a stronger constitution. Um, It also, you know, not everyone, I'm sure in training in the military, there were some people that you were like, yeah, see, this guy just has to go. He can't do it. Right.
0: That's happened. Yeah.
1: And so it's, it's, we're all different. Yeah, And so it's the level of anxiety is, is different for some people. Mm. And so it sounds like maybe your wife experiences anxiety at a bit of a higher level than you do, right? I believe it's,
0: she does, yeah.
1: I want to pull over, I get take a breath. And then for other people, like it builds higher and higher and higher. And and so it's one of those things where we have to remember that even though we're all human beings, and mm. so yeah, we're all equal, we all bleed the same blood, we're all we all operate completely differently yeah and and so one of the things with anxiety and depression is that a lot of people who have never experienced it they can't imagine it which is see,
0: see i struggle with understanding the depression. i've never been to i mean please don't take us the wrong way i've yeah. never dealt with depression so it's mm-hmm. hard for me to understand you know well feel better you know that's what the first thing i want to say is eh, then feel better because I don't understand it, nor have I ever been through it. And I'm glad we're, it's funny, we're talking about uh, mental health in a <laughs> in a podcast. I didn't think it was going to go that way, but I'm glad we did. Because this could help a lot of people.
1: I um, mean, and I, that's, I will take it that way every chance I get. Exactly. Because it is really important. Yeah. And and because the thing is, yes, the reaction a lot of people have is, well, why why can't you just feel better? Like, yeah. why don't you just... Well, you just got to pick yourself up. You just got to go do something and you'll feel better. Right. And if it were that easy. Everybody would do it. I would just get up and go, oh, look, you're right. I moved around. I feel better. And so I had a nervous breakdown when I was 23. Okay. I'm sorry. And no, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay. Because there was a lot of stuff wrong both in in inside me, but also the way I was interacting with things, the way I was dealing with things. But what that meant was I literally couldn't function. I okay. could not, I had to quit my job. Mm. If I hadn't quit, I probably would have gotten fired anyway. <laughs> I could not work. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get dressed and I had to move back in with my parents. Mm. And my mom basically had to, you know, every couple of days go, you have to get in the shower. Because I just couldn't take care of myself. I wouldn't brush my teeth. I wouldn't shower. I wouldn't change out. I was in the same dirty pajamas forever. And the idea of taking a shower was Mm -hmm. so monumental. It was something where you go, but that's, it's impossible. All I can do is lie here. Wow. And, and it's not a choice. Like if I could just get up and be better, nobody, especially in their early twenties, wants to, live in the spare room at their parents' house this is and true. be in pajamas all the time.
0: My, and- my mother had a nervous breakdown. I didn't I was young. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I was told mm-hmm. it was a nervous breakdown. I'm like, how do you break your nerves? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wasn't functioning for a while. She recovered, mm-hmm. but you know, you shed some light on it for me now.
1: Well, and, and it's something it's also, I mean, it's hard for me to explain to you because like, why couldn't i get up i don't know i don't know either and that's the scariest part is that when you're going through it you go what if i never get better
2: wow
1: what if i never feel good again what if i never feel it's the only time i felt true hopelessness mm. and you you don't i know i don't think you really know what hopelessness it is until you're in it where you literally go i mean you know i was like do i kill myself because mm. if this is going to be the rest of my life i cannot do this right Right. And you just can't imagine it ever getting better because you, d- you can't even get yourself out of bed. How do mm-hmm. you make it better? And luckily, I mean, I was in a very lucky position. I had a really great therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and time does work wonders. Nice. Yeah. And I also had parents who they had no idea what to do or what to say. Right. But they were there. They, they met with my therapist too. And were like, you know, our our instinct is to tell her to get up and get out of bed and do this. Is that right? Is that wrong? What should we do? And they got some guidance on that. And we kind of created a set of boundaries of, in terms of like, I'm going to do my best to get up at these times. And if you, and, but if I really can't, like they need to be there. And so it was really a struggle for them
0: too. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You want, you don't want to see your kid being a devastated nightmare. <laughs>
0: Look, I got four daughters and I wouldn't want any of them to do that.
1: Yeah. I understand. And, and so they were at least, they were like, okay, we're going to we're gonna be supportive. We're going to do what we can do. We're going to try to figure out how to help you. Yes. Um, and eventually about, you know, um, a few months later, I was uh, getting a little bit better. I got to the point where I got a part-time job again. And you kind of keep, you just keep kind of building
0: building on it yep and
1: and and then also you keep kind of looking for the tools that work for you yeah and so for me i i've been on medication since i was 20. okay medication is not for everybody but for some people like me it helps me be a functional member of society
0: girl i'm on medication too look
1: (laughs) Yes, you are. And
0: thank you for acknowledging. There you go. It helps me function. <laughs> Listen, any chemical that is freaking introduced to the body is mm-hmm. going to have some type of effect and side effect. It doesn't matter. If you drink a lot of water, you're going to pee. All right. If you drink a lot of coffee, you're going to freaking be jittery and stuff. You take a lot of medication. That, that's just a fact. Anything you put in the body is going to be an effect and a side effect. All right. It doesn't matter if it's medication. Yes. All right. The end, the end result is, how are you after that? Let's go with that. And we're going to move on to the next questions. <laughs> yeah. This was great. This is gold right here. I was not expecting us to go into this kind of conversation, but I'm so glad we did. And anybody, if you're out there, and if you are having any type of uh, mental health issues, find some help. You're not by yourself. I don't, I don't, I wish I had the one 800 number on the screen. I wish I did, but I didn't. I wasn't prepared for this conversation, but Folks, you're not by yourself. You got friends. You got loved ones. You got support. Reach out if you can.
1: And can I just add to that? Sure. There are so many different types of therapy, so many different exercises you can do. There are podcasts. There are books. There are, there is, it doesn't have to be a traditional route necessarily, but if, if you're not, if you suspect, because often we don't want to admit it to ourselves. You suspect there's something going on on with you. If you're not happy, if you're not just start getting curious about look up different subjects, go into the whatever wherever you download podcasts Hmm. and kind of put a few words in and start looking up because there are so many more resources out there than you realize and help can come from anywhere. Yes, it can. And it just depends on what speaks to you and wh- what works for one person might not necessarily work for someone else. So you just got to get curious about all the different things that people do and start seeing what works for you and put that into your um, rotation. I second and, it. Because you can feel better. You can I
0: second it. Whatever you do, don't go to WebMD and start looking up symptoms because you're going to no. think you're going to freaking die. Don't don't do don't that. Do that. Don't do that. Every time I go to WebMD just to look, it's always cancer. You know, just don't look. (laughs) All right. Mm -mm. Dealing with, actually, this is pretty good. Uh, The question was Have you ever had to deal with outsiders have to deal with scrutiny in the comedy thing? You -hmm. know, anyone telling you you ain't good enough, you ain't going to make it, you can't do it, stop. Always. Really? How do you deal with
1: that? Always. Well, here's the thing. If you if you want to do something, if there's something you want to achieve, and it doesn't matter what it is, it can be comedy, it can be life, it can be you could come from a family of doctors and want to be an accountant. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There are always going to be people who tell you it's a bad idea and you can't do it. This is always, true. Always, always. This is true. And and especially if it's something like comedy, comedy is subjective. People think that there's something's either funny or it's not. Yeah. Well, no it's you know the example i always use is larry the cable guy yeah i don't think larry the cable guy is funny but i cannot say that he's not he's funny <laughs> he's <is> so rich <laughs> and yeah. sells out stadiums putting on that costume the same
0: comes, fucking cover i mean cut the same freaking coveralls man <laughs> well,
1: his real name is dave uh, is it? I can't remember. It's Larry is definitely not his name, but I no. can't remember his name or not. Anyway, but so here's the thing: if I go, well, that's not funny. Uh, that's not true either, right? And so when people would say to me, "I don't think you're funny," the other thing that's cha- was challenging for me is that my brother is a genius comedian. Mm-hmm. My brother is also and was, especially when I moved to Toronto, um, more famous than me, mm-hmm. funnier than me, more well known than me. And so people always wanted to be, people always wanted to be like, you're not as funny as your brother. Okay. Your brother's the funny one. Or uh, And the merciful thing about that is my brother is my biggest fan and no one thinks of me as <laughs> There So you go. If, you, if you said that to my brother, he'd go, you're crazy. Yeah. But, but if you listen to the people who tell you you can't, um, it's a tragedy. Yeah. You know, like you, I don't want to get, To airy-fairy about it but it's like that that expression whether you believe you can or you believe you can't you're right exactly and so sometimes when people would discourage me and it's there's a couple of reasons one when you say you want to go into entertainment a lot of people can't fathom that okay and so they go well it's really hard well i don't know it's probably not going to work out you better have a backup and, and fair enough, say what you're going to say, but just, you have to let that roll off you because yeah, it is hard, but if you want it, there's a way to cobble out a living. Well, my, my next question would be, how do you know? You didn't do it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot about your stellar. Exactly. I didn't see your Grammy,
0: get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> the other thing is, and this is what I've realized a lot, and this is one of the biggest challenges we all face in life, hmm. if there is someone in your life who is not happy, but is doing what they think they're supposed to do. And so on some level, people are like, I'm not happy, but this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. If you start chasing the things that you want in your dreams, subconsciously to them, that's a threat. And so sometimes people are going to say to you, no, you're not good at that. I don't think you should do it. It's too risky. Don't do it Mm -hmm. because that's what they're telling themselves all the time.
0: So I agree with that. My daughter, I'm, I'm going into me again. My daughter is starting culinary school. My youngest daughter, right. oh, funny, I got a cooking channel, but she, she's like, dad, I've been going to school for this, this, this. I'm just changing everything. I'm going to culinary school, blah, blah, blah. And I got no problem with it because I got benefits and I ain't got to pay for it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> But, um, she's like, I'm going to, dad, I, I want to make myself happy. I want to do this. And my wife prepped me with it first, and then she just came and told me, and I was like, "All right, (laughs) that's it. All right, do you think? Let me know how it works out. If you have any issues now, but all right, so that's where we are. I'm not one to crush a dream, Mm -hmm. you know. Now I want to try to monitor to hope she's going to be successful, but I Mm -hmm. can't tell her. You, you know. I mean, I could, but then I'm a dick, you know. It's a difference between being a supportive father." And just being that guy saying "Do what I want you to do," you know. Now you're a dick. You're not a dad anymore.
1: Well, also, at least try, right? Yeah. She's going to do this, and then she's going to go into a restaurant for a year, and it's going to be—it's going to turn out not to be her thing. Well, she says she
0: wants to start a bakery. I'm like, Bak- free bread, shit, do it. I don't. All <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> right. But all of life is for every person is trial and error. Yeah. And- So if you have a big dream, like people go, well, what do you think? You know, you're going to be the next Brad Pitt. Well, how do you think Brad Pitt got to be Brad Pitt?
0: Not being Brad Pitt. he being he wasn't trying to be somebody else. He's trying to be himself. He
1: He drove to Hollywood and lived in his car for a while and kept going to auditions and he tried. And there were, there were definitely people in his life that said, it's really hard and you shouldn't do it. And why would you think you can? And, uh, Listen, the difference between the people who make it and the people who don't is the people who make it just kept trying. Yeah. And maybe. so it's one thing if you try for a long time and then go, you know what? I've realized this isn't right for me anymore. I've mm-hmm. up a bit or my life has changed. My priorities have changed. Yeah. I'm going to put this aside. Yeah. But if you listen to the people in your your life who want to keep you down yeah, and you never try you're going to get to your deathbed and go, why? Why didn't they even try? I
0: didn't do anything. Misery loves company. People say that all the time. Misery loves company. All right. Uh, One more question, and I'm going to do a a plug for a friend. I ain't even getting paid for it. I'm going to do it because he asked me to. Anyway, have you ever done or said something out of anger or out of character in front of a crowd? You ever said, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done it. Have you ever just Wow! Just laid, just flat out threw something out there that you were like, uh, this was a mistake.
1: I mean, I've definitely thrown stuff out there that was a mistake before, but yeah. I, don't think I don't think I've ever done it out of anger.
0: Okay. Um, or out of character, you know, something that's like, I normally don't do this. Why did I do it? You know, something like that. Oh,
1: I mean, the first thing I think about when you say that is celebrities who gets caught saying words they're not supposed to say, <laughs> like Wasn't it Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> the guy oh, who played <laughs> Well, my friend was on that show. Uh, who, what? And uh, and no, that has never happened because here's the thing. When something like that happens and people go, that was out of character for me. It's like, but it couldn't have been because it." you said it. So yeah. there are words I have never said in my life and they're right. not going to come out of my mouth when I'm angry on stage. The only kind of thing that I might say I regret is like ripping a little too hard into a heckler.
2: Okay, all right.
1: And, uh, and But that's going to be like, okay, well, we all know you have a small dick. Don't worry about it. That's right. never going to be, I've never said a racial slur in my life. Right. It's not coming out of my mouth on stage. There's no I got you. happen, right? Just, but it also, just to be on the celebrity saying bad things theme, it's like the same thing with Mel Gibson, who's like, no, I only said all those things <laughs> because I was drunk. Yeah. Whoa, I have been drunk and angry many times. I have never been anti-Semitic. I have never been racist and I've also never said uh, wished violence upon, upon one of my exes um in the way that he did.
0: Oh, a wish violence have I I've, I've done that. Anyway.
1: But he was very graphic and specific about it. And, yeah, I do. Uh, so that's like it bugs me when people go, "Well, I was angry." And it's yeah. Okay, but you didn't pull a word out of your vocabulary that you've never used before. Right. Um, so yeah, no, that's definitely never. I definitely have talked about guys with small dicks on stage, but
0: I <laughs> <never>. move dickless. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> all right, we're gonna take one more break. this is the last ad it's not really an ad a friend of if you don't have friends, you don't have anything all right, so a friend of mine asked me if I would help him plug his thing, so it's guys, if you're interested in some uh 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 some cool posters or some uh collectibles, that's what this is about, and it's gonna go a little something like this. Here you go. If you want to gussy up a man cave or any room in a house or office, go to coolwalls.co.uk They are Adam and Christian, aka DJ Barbecue, two friends that share the same creative quirks. They have been collecting and geeking out on movies, music, and cool stuff for years. Now they're able to bring you some authentic gems that will transform your walls into cool walls. For vintage, nostalgic, collectible imagery, go to www.coolwalls. You can be a cool cat with a cool wall. All right, all right, y'all. Put your hands together for being a cool cat with a cool wall. (laughs) I literally... I literally made that today uh, just because a friend of mine, once again, the guy asked me, would I plug his stuff? So, guys, if you want to – these posters and things like that are a um, – they're the actual posters from, like, movies, you know, like Moonraker or Godzilla, blah, 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 and they're vintage, and you can go to that site. You know, you can get the Star Wars post, the movie poster, the one outside the movie theater. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff we're talking about, guys. So if you want something cool like that to put on your wall office, man cave, or whatever – the uh the link will be in the show notes or in the description box, guys, and it's help out a friend of mine named Christian Stevenson DJ Barbecue, and uh, there you go, guys. Support him; he needs the help, and I promise him I would push this. Now back to Allison. <laughs> back to Allison. Next question. Next question. What drives you? What pushes you? What makes Allison the great Allison, the great Mrs. Dor?
1: Thank you, uh, Ms. Dor.
0: Miss Dor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Dor. Uh,
1: I am not the marrying type. Uh. That's a great question. I think (sighs) I always want to be better. Nice. And so it's whether that's in work, I'm not competitive with other people. I don't look at, you know, whether it's radio or in the the record business, um, because there's a lot of comedy record labels, surprisingly enough. Mm -hmm. I don't look and go, well, they got that person. Why don't I have that person? Or they're getting th- this many listeners, or they're in this. Why don't I have that? I'm never competitive in that way. I'm I'm competitive with myself. So it's what are we? What am I doing as an interviewer, as a host, as a producer yeah. um, for the label? How can I be better? What's the next step? How do we grow? How do we? Um, how do I? And then and then in my personal life, all the time. Um, so I am probably the biggest influence in my life in a way, um, in terms of when I really sit down to think about these things.
0: So you're Uh, self-motivating.
1: Yeah. Like the person that I, I often look to as an example is Maya Angelou, Okay. um, who obviously I've never met, uh, (laughs) and, but iconic, right. And, And her whole thing was always, she would raise the bar for herself first. She would live up to that. And then she would start expecting that of other people. And in this life, what we see all the time, and we sat on Wednesday, is people who expect to to be treated a certain way, Mm. they do not treat other people that way. And so they hold other people to a, a higher standard than they hold themselves. Right. And if you don't treat them to this high standard, they lip out but when other people are treated to a low standard they're fine with it
0: they don't care yeah
1: yeah and so for me one of the biggest things is like leading by example and everybody leads in the sense that the way we carry ourselves and we interact in situations we're showing people how we interact in the world right and so my thing is i always want to be better I always want to be, how can I, how can I be a better person? How can I, if my life were a movie, how do I journey into being the hero of this movie? Wow. And so that's what always kind of motivates me is, um, okay, where am I at? What are the things that I should be happy about that I'm like, okay, I'm achieving. I'm, I've am i worked on this. I feel good about this. But then where are the areas where I go, okay.
0: I can get better.
1: Yeah. I don't love that I did that or that that was the outcome or that this, wh- what do I, what do I work on there? Because we're the only things that we can change and control, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's always about like i i truly think the meaning of life i think that it's something that we all have to sort of defy decide for ourselves what we were here and for me i think it's it's the goal is to become the best person you can possibly be while you're living this life because i think you only one that's
0: that's great i'm I'm completely different I'm completely different. I'm competitive. I'm competitive because I don't like people to be better than me. Right. my My idea, what I don't like people to be better than me.
2: Sure.
0: But I do not sit back and be like, "What can I do to be a better person?" Because sometimes I'm an asshole, and I'm okay with that. Oh, <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? Asshole, don't get yeah. me wrong. I am an asshole sometimes. Uh, um, yeah. But I I would like to be an asshole less.
0: Oh, I would like. (laughs) I would like to be left, but I mean, I'm fifty-something years old. All right, you know, I'm over half a century. I'm kind of setting some stuff. I'm working on it. You know, all this. My wife fell up. I know I screwed up. I got to work on it. Mm -hmm. But now back to making things better, wanting to improve. And I know I'm not the only one. I know you can appreciate this one. Getting the argument. Or a conversation, and on the way home, you're like, "Man, I should have said that. I should have said. That. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wish yeah. I would. I'll critique that. I'm like, man, I wish. <laughs> that's what I like to do. But I should have custom out better. Now,
1: that. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> that's funny. Well, you, bring up a good, you bring up some really good points. It's yeah. not that like I'm never competitive. It's yeah. not that like I never go or or I never get that moment of like, why did they get that? I'm better than them. Yeah. Um, also, you do not want to play board games with me. Oh, I'd love to play it. I trash talk. I will lose <laughs> my mind if I lose. Um, but it's just about that thing of, you know, sometimes, and especially in comedy,
2: yeah.
1: it's really easy to become bitter. Is it? Oh, people think it's like, oh, it's so fun. You're always joking around all the time. No, comedians are terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> in the- It's a spectrum. Some are worse than others. Yeah. But it's really easy to fall into this. They're getting this and I'm not. I, I'm funnier than that person. Why am I not getting these opportunities? And when you I can see that. live in that mindset, yeah, it only starts to hurt you.
0: Back to the, I don't want to go back into the, 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 the mental health thing, but people think that comedians are funny and happy all the time. No. But come on, Robin Williams. You no. know, you na- there's so many that do deal with depression and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and now Robin Williams was the extreme, one of the greatest, and he took himself out, mm-hmm. you know, and people confuse that. And I'm one of them. I used to be one of them, you know, and I'm a little older. I, I kind of understand things, the world a little bit better now. But, uh, yeah, people think that not only comedians, that people what, you, what you see on the outside is everything. You know, yeah. I, I smile all the time. All right. When I'm outside, I'm always smiling. Hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. But sometimes I'm smiling, trying to plan your death. Don't let the smile fool you. (laughs) I'm figuratively speaking, government, if you're listening anyway. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes, you know, you're just being polite, but you want to punch a hole in somebody, you know uh so we're gonna move on to the next one that went dark <laughs>
1: let me say this when you think about it comedians go on stage in front of a bunch of strangers and try and make them laugh that alone shows how messed up they are
0: i know right
1: <laughs> because it's, honestly it is the first time i want to it's terrifying people are terrifying and so and trying to make them laugh you always get that guy in the audience that thinks he's gonna be funnier so i'm gonna yell stuff out and it's gonna be funny it's like buddy i've dealt with a thousand of you yeah Shut it. Um, (laughs) And so it's, it's no, comedians are all a little bit off.
0: You get that heckler, you're like, dude, you're part of the job. You don't even know it. I've been prepping for you.
1: (laughs) I've I've literally, you're going to yell out, I literally the exact same things a guy that looked exactly like you yelled out yesterday.
0: The same show, probably the same scene. (laughs) All right. What advice would you give a young person that wanted to be a comedian? You already touched on it a little bit. Just do it, blah, blah, blah. But sure. we, we, okay, let, let me change the question a little bit because we we've we been talking around this subject. What would you do for a person that's beat down? They bombed the first time. They bombed the second time. They're right on the verge of bumping. What advice would you have for that person?
1: Well, I think the question I have for that person, it it, it it depends. How did you get to comedy? Because for some people, it's been their lifelong dream. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian. Right. It happens to me by accident.
0: Oh, real quick. Mona says, I absolutely love Alice's laugh. She reminds me of the queen of, of queen Booger. Um, uh, Booger, her name's Diane. She has a YouTube channel and she has this great laugh and yours is really similar. So oh, I nice. just want
1: oh, her, I'll check it out. Thank <laughs> you. Some people do not care for my laugh. And so I appreciate that. And oh, you, that, you're, I mean, you're
0: great. You're short of a cackle. As long as you ain't, gack, 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 I'm okay.
1: I'm close to a cackle, but I used to get embarrassed about my laugh because people would comment on it all the time. Right, and then one day I just went. I'm no, laughing is a joyous thing, and yeah, I'm loud, but it's I'm part I'm gonna, of me. I'm gonna let my freak flag fly. That was hard to say. I did. I don't think I did it. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> so uh, I always appreciate it when someone uh, enjoys it because sometimes I get hate mail on the radio about it. That's oh, terrible. But
0: well, um, anyway, you got a person beat down; they're about to quit. What advice would you give
1: them? So the question uh, kind of is why? Why are they there? Because if mm. this is your lifelong dream, is if this is what you really want, then it's like, yeah, listen, you're gonna fall a million times, and you're also gonna change. Your voice as a comedian changes so much the longer you're in it because it's mm. one of the things you don't get better unless you do it. So you gotta go, up and you gotta eat it a bunch, and you're gonna have to go up on stage all the time, and you will get there eventually. Mm. Um, but if it's someone who's kind of trying it out on a lark. And this isn't what their actual dream is. It's like, okay, well, so you you got a way out for yourself because mm-hmm. is the pain worth where you're trying to go with it? Okay. Because often there's people that come in and it's like actors often go, I want to try comedy as just as like an additional skill set.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if your number one dream is being an actor and you've it a whole bunch of times on a standup stage, maybe standup just isn't for you. Yeah, maybe try sketch, maybe try something else. But if you're if this is your dream. Um yeah it's going to it's going to hurt real bad but eventually you're going to bomb less. Bombing is going to hurt less which mm. and that feels like a triumph. The first time you get off stage and you're like, "Oh, they hated me and I I I'm not going to cry." Mm. Um that is amazing. Wow. Um, and so it, it's it's about evaluating what's right for you because okay. because it's yeah, if this is your big dream, yeah, you got to fall down 10 times, to pick yourself up 11. Right?
0: Yeah, as long as you get up that last time, you're still good.
1: But if if we can kind of go back to the original question a little mm. bit, one thing I would say to anybody who wants to get into comedy uh-huh. is when you start doing it, you've been around a while, all the older comedians or more experienced comedians are going to come and go, this is what you have to do. This mm. is how you have to do it. This is what a real comedian is. This is when you're allowed to call yourself a comedian. This is what you have to do. And wow. all a pile of crap.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And so there are, because there's a bunch of different kinds of comedy. There's a bunch of different kinds of shows. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Right. So again, if it's your dream, right? And you, mm. there's a certain thing you want to try or there's a direction you want to go in, but then all these grizzled vets are going, that's not real comedy. Forget
2: them.
0: Yeah.
1: Do your thing be, create something no one's ever done before.
0: That's what the greats did. That's what all the greats did.
1: And the thing about comedy is, and we all got into it because it's not a real job and there's no rules. And yet, mm. all of a sudden, the second you're in it, everyone wants to go, here's the rules. Here's the rules.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I know.
1: What?
0: I know. Um, but before I get to the next question, this just, this just came to Mike. Just came to me. This isn't even a question. This, well, it is a question. It's not one of the questions. ask great you you said your brother was one of the genius yeah type of comedians
2: the box
0: okay um what I consider genius would be George Carlin mm-hmm. um Dave chappelle uh not the just crazy finding neck smack yourself with the freaking you know the the rubber mallet type of thing I'm talking about guys who by the time you finished the show not only did you laugh but you walked away and you learned something. Is that the kind of comedian your brother is?
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. Nice. He plays with the medium. He plays with, he loves misdirection. He loves to make you think he's going in one place and going to another place. Yeah. Um, he, uh, and he's just, he's very funny. Okay. And, and so, yeah, that is the kind of stuff. It's people who play, because George Carlin was not your typical comedian.
2: Oh, no. Right.
1: Um, though, I I mean, Dave Chappelle is a genius. And part of his genius is he mixes the lowbrow with the highbrow.
0: See, but Dave Chappelle evolved. He started out with that crazy, just funny in your face stuff. And then by the time he got the Chappelle show, he was doing some out of the box things that you didn't even think they put on TV. And then once that show went away and he disappeared and he came back all buff. He came back wise. Now his comedy is wise. And I really, really enjoy that. Dave uh, And uh, George Carlin was just wise. Yeah. And that's the kind of comedy that I enjoy more than, I mean, uh, um, I love, what's his name? The short dude. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> There's
1: a lot of short dudes.
0: I know, just a short black dude. Almost the most famous one oh, right yeah. now. I can't think of his name. Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, Kevin Hart. I like his comedy, but his comedy's not wise. His comedy is quick and whippy. Yes. Does that make sense? He's yes. quick and whippy. He tells the story, but then he goes back and he jumps back and then spins it, blah blah. blah which I really, really like. But George Carlin and Dave Chappelle are wise. They well, take you on a they take you on a journey.
1: They're talking about big ideas, yes. right? And yeah. and so and I, I'm going to argue with you a little bit because I think if you go back to for what it's worth, uh-huh. um, and you know Dave's early stand up specials. The, there is wisdom in there. It's right. less, it's less explicit in a way, right? Because he, he was
2: younger. Not, yeah,
1: he was younger, but he's also he is he is addressing a lot of social issues. Yeah, and and so you you can see it in him back yeah. then. Yeah, and and so I think it's it's the willingness to address. I don't want to say societal issues because it's like a lot of comics do that. But complex
0: complex issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so my brother is someone who loves the ridiculous, and mm. often it, that's where it is, but he also layers in that stuff, right? Nice. Nice. Um, this is, um, you know, the, here's a thought process, and yeah. here's a situation that comes up around language.
2: And, I loved it,
1: um, and all that kind of stuff. And then he also loves playing, right? And so, if a, if opportunities present itself with the audience, and I don't mean in terms of hecklers, I mean o- audiences often love interacting and answering questions.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's fast on his feet. Mm. Um. Real quickly, if I can do a plug, if. Sure anybody is i'm like- gonna
0: ask you to plug him what's his name i want to see him i yeah. want to talk i want to meet him
1: so his name is john Dore. if you're watching in canada he has a new show that is airing on cbc and cbc gem new episodes every tuesday uh called humor resources if you're in the u.s um you can uh on i believe comedy central has a streaming site right
0: i believe they do
1: he did it he did a special for um like a it's not a stand up special but he did a show a one episode for um Comedy Central called uh Big Questions Huge Answers with John John Dore. Yeah.
0: I'm going to find him. I got
1: yeah. to Look you listen his IMDb page crushes mine. Well,
0: you can't, you can't i don't even care about allison anymore i just want john you turning a knife i don't even have an imd <laughs> 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 way to throw way to put salt in the wound allison thank you so much <laughs> that's awesome all right thanks for that guy john door guys look him up look him up look him up and tell him you heard about him from the Arbuck podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh what is your biggest regret in reference to comedy Wow. I know, right? Yeah. I thought about these questions.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think my biggest regret is that it took me so long to believe in myself in a way. I listened to all those people for a long time. It's to what the rules were about what I had to do. Right. Um, I also, I had imposter syndrome for most of my comedy career where I was like, how am I faking my way through this?
2: Okay.
1: Um, and so I think, uh, and there's also this feeling of, um, even when you do really well, of like, oh, I'm not that funny. I think N- not for everyone, obviously, but that was what how how I felt, and I wish that you
0: had little insecurity issues.
1: Oh, big time. And really? so I yeah 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 big time big time big time. And so I wish that I had um kind of steeled myself a little bit more and blocked all that stuff out and just plowed ahead.
0: I understand. Right?
1: And in a way I did. Because obviously I stayed in it and it all came. But I think self-doubt we sabotage ourselves. Yeah. All the time by just doubting or going, what if? Or oh no, what if this happens? Yeah. Just yeah. do the thing. Just do the thing.
0: Yeah. I get like overconfident. I'm the best guy in the world. Oh,
1: I couldn't do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next question. I'm going to flip it on his head. What's your biggest triumph in comedy?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, the in, record label? Yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, my biggest triumph in comedy d- isn't really about telling jokes, right? Mm. Which um, I did for so long, but um, creating the record label, which is immensely frustrating and. Um, so hard and yet so rewarding. Um, And in, in the record label too, I have imposter syndrome all the time and I just go shut up, whatever, keep going, just keep going. Mm -hmm. And so it's much, it's, I am getting better at that, you know, pushing that stuff to the side. But I think um, even, you know what, even if it were to, for some reason, shut down tomorrow, I'm proud of myself.
0: That's what 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 matters. But yeah. I can, I can help you with that. If you ever start feeling that way, shoot me a message on instant messenger and you'll get right back. Girl, fuck it. You're good. <laughs> so I will, ha- I will be your freaking conscience. Shoot me a message. Phil. I don't know if I could, i be like, expect those words, girl. Fuck it. You're good. <laughs> uh, sorry for that folks. If you didn't like that word, I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> last question. We're gonna wrap this up. If you were queen for a day, and you could do anything. What would you or could you do to improve things? Now, when I say across the board, it could be across the board personally, mm-hmm. uh, professionally, or, you know, world peace. You know, what would you do if you were king for a day to improve things?
1: I'm going to for reals it again. I'm going to maybe get serious a little bit. All right. I would decriminalize uh, all drugs. and All, all drugs? Yeah. And I would treat drug abuse as the public health issue it is. Okay. Um, No, obviously not for the manufacturers, but decriminalize the use of all drugs because the system that is in place now is only punishing the wrong people. I agree. And is not treating the, you know, addiction is a, it's not a choice. And so we, the way we're dealing it now, dealing with it now, which is essentially punishment,
2: Mm.
1: you know, if you're an addict and you're buying and you're using, you're going to get arrested. You're going to go to jail. Your life is essentially ruined now Mm. Um, instead of it's a public health issue. And if you look at countries, um, Portugal is the example everyone uses most recently. Mm. When you decriminalize the use and possession and you treat the addiction, you can honestly change the whole culture of your country. And okay. and, and you can, people, when they have a community to go back to, mm. and when they have people who are helping them rebuild connections, that is the most successful way to treat addiction. So they
0: didn't think of it that way.
1: Well, because it's it, often when people have a um, sorry.
0: No, I'm so don't worry about it. <laughs> We're
1: good. Me. So often when you have a um, when you ha- have an addiction, yeah, you lose you lose your you connections to society. And part of what brought you to that place is you don't feel like you have anything in your life to lose because you're. It starts with self medicating,
2: nine
1: mm-hmm. percent of the time, right? And so you're medicating yourself against life and about a uh, uh, trauma and what's going on. I agree with that. Worse and worse. And you go farther and farther down the hole. And now you're, you're maybe committing. Yeah.
0: You've gone too far. You, you, it's, it's just blown up outside of your control. You yeah.
1: yeah. And so when you treat it, not as a criminal action, but as a public health issue in that you have a, an illness in a sense, and you put people in, you give them support, you put them in rehabs, you help them rebuild connections to the community. You make them feel a part of something. Mm-hmm. The relapse rate drops incredibly. Okay. And so uh yeah, so that's what I would do. I like that, that. write like that claw. And then so that the next day when I'm not queen anymore, no one can change it. Yeah. And it'll it'll make a, a huge different in difference in the world and community, right?
0: I agree. And I'm gonna buy a shitload of weed. <laughs> We need, we need, so. <laughs> marijuana is your friend <laughs> i don't smoke it but i got stock <laughs> i got stuck <laughs> i ain't lying i got stock options i'm waiting for the to... man if they ever in america if they ever decriminalize take it off the bad boy list, the big yeah. bad boy list
1: it's, it's hopefully gonna happen eventually it's gonna happen
0: yeah um mona um who is in new zealand by the way i think that's right mona are you in new zealand <laughs> i think she's in new zealand and she calls me Papa Phil. She said, hey, Papa Phil and Allison, you both did fabulous, great conversation and company. Thank you kindly. Thank you, Mona. See, we had a good conversation. I think people learned some shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was great. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Shocks. Um, we've been off for an hour and 22 minutes. Time I ne- flies.
1: No, I never shut up.
0: T- no, this was great. We're good. Up, no. um, what normally happens is we get off and then invite some folks in and they, you know, want to talk to you and everybody starts drinking and get off jacked up and blah, 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 but you don't, I ain't going to say what's in your glass. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I,
1: I don't drink, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to chat for a bit if you want, but okay. that's with. cool.
0: I'm going to put the, you know what? I'm going to put it in the chat this time. Uh, after I close out, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to put it in the chat now and then, If I recognize people, I'll bring them in because sometimes this goes south. You put in the chat, you get some hecklers, you know, so (laughs) yeah, it happens. So I'm going to hit invite copy. I'm putting it in the chat right now, folks. And then we're getting ready to close out. All right. So that's chat. That's, that's the link guys. If you guys want to come in here. um, Thanks. Allison, I appreciate it. This was a great conversation. We went in some crazy ways. Wasn't expecting to get into mental health, but I'm glad we did. Um, fantastic conversation, guys. You guys make sure you support her brother, John, I believe you said. John Doerr. John
1: Doerr, J-O-N-D-O-R-E.
0: Y- y'all look up John Doerr. Tell him that Allison and I freaking sent you. <laughs> uh, and once again, for my friend, John. Uh, um, Make sure you guys go into the show notes or the description box and you guys can find the link to uh, Cool Walls and support that if you can. My name's Phil. I got Allison. I love you like cooked food, guys. Um, we're out of here in five, four, three, two, one. If you hear somebody sneeze, run like a motherfucker and I'll see you <laughs> when I see you.